from iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case Roe v. Wade, starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Elite, Kenny and the Bucks, listen, this that undisputed, yeah, we're here to shock the system. This a war zone going down on Wednesday nights. This a fight, this is NXT vs. Dynamite. Weekly battles, rating shattered, this a revolution. This is change to what the game is used to doing. This is all about that dark and light contrast. Welcome to the Fight for Wednesday Night Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the Fight for Wednesday Night Podcast. I am your host, Mike De Niro. I'm joined here with G-Rock. Before we start the podcast, just want to remind everybody to hit that subscribe button. Give us a five-star review. It is very much appreciated. Also, hit us up on Instagram. Follow us at Fight for Wednesday Night. For the number, not F-O-R. So, Mike De Niro, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get right to AEW Dynamite. And to say that this show is a disappointment would be a huge understatement. Huge understatement. There was so many things wrong with this show in many different aspects. Yeah, definitely. I, I totally agree. From production aspects to the... I feel like they're trying really hard right now. They see the criticism of them not being a TV product, them not building characters, them waiting too long to build characters. And I feel like now they're trying to throw everything at once and it seems like there's too much going on. Well, here's the thing. Is that... From overall perspective, I don't want to shit on them too hard because everything you just said, I think is true. I, I, I do believe there's a lot of things going on. I think a little too much going on. And it seems like they don't quite know how to handle it. It, it kind of yeah. seems like an indie with a big budget. But here's the deal is that I also want to keep a perspective that it's it is only yeah. the 10th week of television. It is still very brand new. In the grand spectrum, if you think about... The WWE brand and how long they've been around, and you think about AEW. I mean, even though you know we're kind of going head to head with NXT, NXT even has you know many years under them. You know, even if yeah. you want to go FCW route, you know, but televised they've been shown for a while. They yeah, you, they had a, already an establishment behind them that understands how to run this business. AEW, they're they're learning on the fly. Yeah, anybody who came into this whole venture of the war between AEW and NXT and did not expect an experience to show on AEW's part is just kidding themselves because we all expected it. It's just to the point of how much inexperience are they going to show and how quickly can they catch up. And at this point, I see that they are trying to make changes, but once again, I don't think they know how to make a proper change because 
they are now showing more character development. There is more speaking. There is more storyline based wrestling. Yeah. It's just that there's very poor pacing on the show. They stack everything together instead of like spreading it out throughout the show. And for some characters, such as the Dark Order, as awesome as these promos and these vignettes have been, it's really late. I mean, you had the Dark Order on TV. They debuted at the first show. You had them be shown, and then you have them. I I I don't I don't mean, I don't mean to cut you off, Mike, but I don't want to keep beating a, a dead horse. I mean, we keep saying that you know week in and week out, and I mean, what is is like? I feel like you know the fact that they were late on it, they were, and I again, like I said, you know, I completely agree. But every time they have a vignette, I don't want to. I don't want to keep bringing that up because they are the quality of the vignettes are good. I think the direction of the of of the team and the characters, I, I like it. Um, you know, I mean, there was a little minor criticism I had with with that vignette. You know, when they were like caressing that guy's face, yeah, like, well, what the fuck was going were on? Were they uh, killing him, ripping him apart? What was that? I, I feel like they didn't the, look like it. Yeah, they put the camera on him for a little bit too long on that spot. You know, if it was brief, then okay. But they kept it on. It's just I don't know, yeah. whatever. It was it was a little awkward for me, but. Overall, I mean, I, I like the fact that they have this story going. And it, it, it works for me. I, I think it's cool. But I just wanna I just wanna just keep on keep on that because I, I feel like there's so many other things that are that are going on here. And bringing it back to what you said about pacing, I completely agree. Because it with this dynamite show that we had for week ten, I think the only good thing I could say was was that first match. The the six man with, with the Bucks and Dustin and uh, and Sammy G with Santana and Ortiz, I thought that was a, that was a really good match. Um, uh, there was a lot of cohesiveness. Uh, surprisingly, with six guys, you know, it could get sometimes it could get a little messy. It could be miscommunication. I didn't see that. They all worked well. It was fluid. Uh, you know, Dustin was pulling out a, a fucking destroyer, which was like yeah. crazy. You know what I mean? Like, no, everyone did their thing. But as great as the in-ring action was, what took away from that match was the audio issues. Yeah. And I, having audio issues on week ten of a broadcast at this point, and not just audio issues where it's noticeable or unnoticeable, but clear audio issues where it goes, the levels just changed from a drastic. It was just, come on, you can't be having these issues in week 10. And it took away from the in-ring action. I, I was going to mention that. It's a, it, it was a distraction. And and that's what, what... I just feel like this whole card was just fucking failed to doom, man. Because the one bright spot, after looking at looking back at it, the one bright spot was that one match. And you're right. It was a distraction that the audio was off. The levels kept on changing. And it was rather dramatic. And I understand things happen. Production, you know, there's a lot going on. And... and Hey, th- shit happens. It's life, but it was just so long. It's just the length that it lasted. You know, yeah. it was just too long. And on top of that, I don't know if, if you noticed, but to me, it seems like even at times that the camera was. It just seemed a little hazy. Yeah. So it was just it was it was a little odd. You know, kind of reminded me kind of reminded me of like old WCW. And now yeah. I'm kind of understanding it. And, and the audio issues lasted for two matches because during Phoenix and Trent, another match that was really good, I feel the audio issues took away from it because. On TV, it sounded like that crowd was dead, but when the audio issues were fixed, that crowd was cr- going crazy for everything. Yeah. So you wouldn't know that by watching because you can't yeah. hear anything. I, you know, I want to, I want to go, I, I want to recant that. I, I forgot that. Uh, yeah, Trent and Phoenix. I love that match. I thought that was, you know, a, a, a good match. Um... Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. 
From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't, don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy. As Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being, I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. And it was it was kind of weird, like you said, you know, because I did kind of see like the crowd was reacting. Phoenix is, you know, is doing his, his crazy moves on the, with the ropes and, and running the top rope, which is insane. And you see the crowd reacting and, and there's, you know, no sound you know, yeah. or it just seemed like it was not being reciprocated it was just it was just bad but there was just many other things that that i just i don't understand so i'm going to i'm going to jump into like midway through the show brandy comes out with with awesome kong and they like approach uh what was it chris uh Statlander, right and i thought okay this is an interesting angle maybe we'll understand more of, of what the hell's going on and brandy kind of gives this Somewhat explanation, but it was kind of weird. It sounded so rehearsed. Yeah, it sounded like it, she went over that promo like a thousand times. And on top of that, it sounded it also forced. Also not only forced, but it was like you're trying to make sure you get something across. It sounded like to me. Here's the deal: is that uh, I, I think I've, there was somebody else that had a promo. I'm trying to remember who it was, um, but so somebody else. I don't know if it was in Cody's promo or if it was in Janelle's promo. But it just no oh now I remember it was the bunny it was the bunny yeah. when they when they showed um the blade the butcher and the the bunny it sort of felt like a forced explanation mm-hmm. of who they were it didn't flow and it just felt like they were answering what the internet fans were writing not only that whatever direction that Brandy and Kong are going in it seems very much like a dark order for the females because they're trying to recruit people they're trying to bring people in it's a darker character the one problem i had with this was you had what was a plant fan yeah say she wanted to pledge for uh she wanted to pledge to brandy you know I, i'll say right now when when they put the camera on that fan i i thought it looked like tessa for a second i was like whoa, oh whoa, yeah, whoa, yeah, whoa. yeah i was like whoa but anyway so she pledges and now you have the commentator saying who's this fan pledging oh my god they're cutting her hair and then right after the show AEW.com says that they signed this fan and say she's a wrestler from Chicago. 
Yeah, I, what I, the I hell? saw that. I like, saw come that. On. I was like, that's so stupid. If you're going to go with the storyline that this fan pledged to Brandy, don't go ahead and then say we signed her. By the way, she's a wrestler. Like, come on. Yeah, this this whole segment was just a fucking fail. It was just one big fail, or or maybe double F fucking fail because exactly what you said. But also, let's not forget that whole awkward moment with Chris Statlander. They they asked her to join, and they just awkwardly stood there. And they didn't ask. It's not like Brandy just openly made an invitation to the fans. And all of a sudden, you hear a commotion. The cameras immediately go to this quote-unquote plant fan, now that we know. like, I mean, it was obvious. But she was obviously a wrestler. But... It was just it was just out of the blue, you know. It, it, it didn't make any so sense. And much then better. Chris Steinlander, I don't even remember what even what happened. Did she just walk away? She literally she was... walked away. Why couldn't the promo be Brandy going out there by herself with Kong? No Chris Statlander, no Sheeta, and, and say just an open invitation yeah, or explain what explain what they are and say who wants to pledge before us and then have one of the fans. That would be Boom. so much better. But it was, it was simple. I, you know, maybe this would. I feel like it's simple, but maybe them trying to be different. They overcomplicate it. Yeah. Because again, we, we also pointed out the fact that every time they have a, a big promo or announced promo, they have to put a squash match before it. Yeah, like, why do you have it. to do that? You know it's so simple. Just, you already announced it. Everybody knows that Mox is cutting a promo. Cody's cutting a promo. Just cut, just do the fucking promo. Yeah, I totally agree, G. But to be honest, above the audio issues, above that issue, a big issue I've been having is with Excalibur. Because now let's take it to the Nyla Rose versus Leva Bates match. They show a uh, video where Nyla Rose attacks Shayna or Shauna at a meet and greet beforehand. Yeah. So then well, Nyla well, Rose well, had just stood by yeah, and watched. <laughs> yeah, because he got squashed like that by Excalibur. But anyway, so you had Nyla Rose versus Leva Bates, a squash match. It was a whatever. But then you have Nyla go on an attack. She's attacking Leva. She attacks Peter Avalon. She's attacking the referee. You have NXT uh, Britt Baker in the crowd. But besides that, so Shanna comes out, goes to the top rope, and she's supposed to like be a surprise out of nowhere dropkick for the viewer at home. We're not supposed to see her. And you have Excalibur screaming out, It's Shanna! It's Shanna! Dude, that is supposed to be a surprise. And you could tell in the tone where JR was like, Come on, man. That takes me back to last week where... We are not supposed to know who the Butcher and the Blade is because they're making this surprise debut. Yeah. And then he's like, it's the Butcher. It's the Blade. It's the Bunny. And JR's like, have we seen them before? Like, he's giving signs like, dude, shut up. That's not your role. Yeah. And he even went on Twitter during a Q&A and said that that was not supposed to happen. Excalibur took it upon himself to say, that's the Butcher. That's the Blade. Even though the order was for them to act surprised and not know who these people are. So yeah. Excalibur, he continues to do this. And he's being outclassed by Tony Schiavone and Jim Ross. He seems like the odd duck in this uh, threesome. I, I, could not, I could not agree more. Uh, I, I mentioned to you that you could tell the difference. You can hear the professionalism between Schiavone and JR. And now, don't get me wrong. I like, I like Excalibur, but I also brought it to your attention. It was almost like... It's almost like what we talk about, the difference between being the indies and then going to WWE. It's a much different style of wrestling. And it's also a different style of commentary. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you think about what Excalibur was doing, calling these, these PWG shows... Everyone's expected to know everyone on a PWG show. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I just feel like exactly what you were saying is that it just it just doesn't mesh. You know, I, I JR and, and, and Tony Schiavone, their experience... 
you know, it's many, many years, ins and out of, of the business, and they get it. And I think Excalibur is still kind of learning at this level of television, yeah, you know? but, I mean, there's one thing to learn, but there's another thing to go against order. The Supposedly, the order was not to know who these people are. If, and he's screaming out their names. You know, I'm sure. I'm sure that's true. And you know, it seemed it seemed like that to me because I didn't see Shauna first off when he said it. I I, I was like, oh, oh, she's in the ring, I guess, because they didn't show her on 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 the television. So it makes sense, but I can't say for sure whether he knew or didn't know. But if he did, then there's no excuse for that. Then yeah. that's just it's just it's just it's like it's ridiculous. Now let's stop like bashing them. Let's go to a good segment but i also have another complaint about this segment also jericho cuts another great promo it seems like it's going to be a weekly thing jericho has to get on the mic we have him saying who he's not going to wrestle because he's obligated to have one more match that was great in between every like three or four names he says moxley (laughs) Moxley. (laughs) it was really good there's a couple like i guess easter eggs in there like alan jones and then him saying marty but then not getting the second name off but and also uh he said kenny omega and then he said I think he said Kenny from South Park. It was hilarious. (laughs) But then we have the Lucha, I mean, the Lucha, whatever, the Jurassic Express come out and they set up for Jungle Boy and Jericho. Now, I'm confused. Let me ask you, was this a title match? No. No, it's not a title match. Because, yeah, that's what I was confused about. I thought it was going to be Jungle Boy versus Jericho for the title until someone asked Cody on Twitter... They yeah. said, did you see that? I, I think Someone asked I think Cody on Twitter, oh, is Jungle Boy getting a title match? And he clarified. He said, no, that's a non-title match. Yeah, you know what? I, and here's the, here's the deal. Is that I I was confused as well because it seemed like that's what they were pushing to. I yeah. thought it, it looked like they were going to have like a stipulations match where Jericho uh, has 10 minutes to defeat Jungle Boy. But... Because that's what it seemed right, like. Because he had pointed out the 10 minutes. Maybe I heard it wrong. Maybe I didn't hear it good enough. Did Jericho say he was obligated for another title match? Or no, obligated to have ob- one more match? He was obligated for right, one more match. All right, then no problem. Because I thought that there was an issue here because I thought well, he set it, up a title match with Jungle Boy it, and then later on in the week they said, oh, it's not it's non-title. Yeah, the way they went about it was a little confusing. But yeah, yeah it's a non-title match. And I, I want, I'm glad you brought this up because it kind of leads to what we were talking about last week um, with... Mox and, and Jericho, right? It, it seems like it's obvious Mox is the number one contender. Jericho's still the champion. And we talked about how this is a potential huge match. Yeah. Um, you know, even though they faced off and, and, and they had their feud in, in, in WWE, you know, both of them are, are two very different wrestlers now. They're constantly evolving and changing. And, uh, you know, they, they, they both have a full head of steam going for them. So we both said how this is not the right time to pull the trigger on that. But again... You know, I feel like we jumped so quickly. We saw one yeah. little thing, and as fans, we want to, you know, we 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 jump with our with our two feet. You know yeah. what I mean? We we jump full, all in, and so no pun no pun intended. But protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't, don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy. 
as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being, I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. You see now is like it's a slow build. They yeah. are going to give it time. There are probably going to be segments in between. Plus, we also have that week off for the holidays. Yeah. So we're going to have that's a bye week basically. So where we don't knows? have to They're do gonna the build. They're going to maybe yeah. shoot some, you know. Uh, I, I I could see them doing it at Bash at the Beach. The maybe not have a full match. Maybe have a like a mess up or not a mess up. but have like a false finish or something. Like, an interference, something. But I feel like they're going to really build that Bash at the Beach episode of Dynamite as a big episode. Also, I could see that match happening on the Jericho Cruise because that's going to be Possibly, televised yeah. also. Uh, true. Because I'm trying to think of, like, pay-per-view caliber events that are not going to be on pay-per-view because I believe the next pay-per-view is either in uh, February or March. So, the, build it now. Either you're going to continue building it till then or you're I going mean, to try and have big matches on February, these. February, I mean, that's not That's, that's not, not too far, far off. I mean, you could build that long enough. But we also don't know. I do know that AEW did announce this week that they signed a deal with in-demand pay-per-view. They're obligated to have at least four pay-per-views on in-demand pay-per-view going through 2021. So that's like an average of every three months. Yeah, basically. We just don't know when the next pay-per-view is. And I feel like when AEW books these shows, it would be beneficial to have it be known when the next pay-per-view is just so you know where we're leading to. You understand? Instead yeah. of just you're not having a show just for the sake of a show. You want to have a show build up to a bigger event. And they haven't announced if uh, the Jericho Cruise or the Bash at the Beach event is going to be bigger events. They just announced it's a special episode of Dynamite. So we're not really in the know there. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think what you just mentioned kind of proves it that we don't know. You know, there's. I think. I, I think they've already proven that they're trying to go about things in a very different manner, whether good or bad. And we're so used to these things being every four weeks with WWE. And so when we see, you know, Jericho and Mox on the on the same screen or, or a same segment, we think, oh, they're going to blow this off in four weeks, you know. And just like you mentioned about the further dates, you know, they, they kind of hold it a little bit close to the vest. Obviously, you know, you don't want to let out your secrets. So time can tell. You know, only time will tell. But... One thing I wanted to mention on, on this show was the Daniels and, and Pentagon match. And of all times, I mean, Daniels is, you know, solid. He, he's a legend. I mean, the guy's been through, you know, so much and so many promotions and always was a star. And they're already having, like, a rough night, AEW, in my opinion. Yeah. And 
this was probably Daniels' roughest night against Pentagon. And I, I was looking forward to this. I thought, okay, hey, this has potential here. You got, you know, two great wrestlers. And uh, when Daniels had that botch off of uh, off of the top, um, he was going for what do you call it? The Arabian Musal. Yeah, <clears throat> and it looked so bad, and yeah. I felt I felt bad for him. But at the same time, I'm thinking, this is looking so. It rough. looked even worse on a bad show, and yeah. you could tell Pentagon really had to slow his style down yeah. to match up with Christopher Daniels. You know, Christopher Daniels not taking anything away from him. Like you said, he's a legend. He's a legend. Just that, yeah. you know what? Time is catching up with him. It's been yeah. a long career for him. I mean, he's in his know, 50s. Like, yeah, he's up there. You know, I'm pretty sure Tablo is slowing down. He's, you know, packing on a little extra weight. And, you know, he can't move as quick or as fluid as he used to. At the same time, like I mentioned, you know, he's coming off of, of an injury. And yeah. they put a segment on, on I think, uh, on Instagram of... Him with the doctors and and him talking about you know how the injury still kind of was affecting him and which was a good cover up yeah and that's yeah. what I thought for like you know this is this is a good I, I, like one thing with AW at least they acknowledge these things yeah and I want to like give Excalibur some credit because when he did botch that move he said oh he's still dealing with nerve damage that was a nice cover up so yeah. if I'm going to yeah. like harp on what he did wrong on the show I do want to say something he did right on the show yeah yeah uh, so you know it was just it was just really unfortunate and I yeah. thought you know. This show, like I said, it was just super lackluster, and there was so many issues and so many problems, and it just seemed like if anything could go wrong, it did, you know. And if we were judging on a scale, like this was like a five, like it was, it was mm-hmm. really bad. I think this is by far their worst episode. Yeah, it was just a plethora of things. It was from production issues to in-ring issues to pacing of the show was Story bad. Story issues. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was just, it was a lot. AEW got super goth off on it. Yeah. Like, We'll leave that to another time. I want to move yeah, on to, let, to NXT. Let's get into NXT. NXT this week was another great show. It was nice to see Mauro Ranello back. That was really nice. And I yeah. love the video that a fan took before the show. They gave him a standing ovation. That was very classy. We uh, we were supposed to have Killian Dane versus Damian Priest, but Damian Priest is uh, injured. So we got to see Dam- not Damian Priest, Killian Dane versus Pete Dunne, which was a match that we were promised, a one-on-one match yeah. between them that they were building to, building to, and then they added Damian Priest to it. So it was nice to see that match. And it was even nicer to see Killian Dane get the win because Pete Dunne's pretty established. They're still establishing Killian Dane, and yeah, it was nice you, to see that. Yeah, Denaro, you, you were mentioning that when we were, when we were watching it, and I agree with you, like, if... If you do want to take Killian Dane serious, I feel like he really needed this victory. Um, and you know, Pete Dunne is you know he he's at a he's at a good spot right now. You know, he's got momentum building, and I felt like the way they did this finish mm-hmm. was proper. Yeah, Dane needed to win because in his feud with uh, Matt Riddle, he lost. Then he goes around, I guess, like stalking Pete Dunne, yeah. constantly like attacking him from the back. And if he lost this, it would be like, all right, where is this guy going to go after this? Yeah, but I, I like I said with that with that finish, he like choked him out. Pete Dunne chokes him off the top. He falls backwards, and you know Pete Dunne gets knocked out. And by default, he's laying on top of him until they count to one, two, three. So it still doesn't, it, you know, Pete Dunne kind of doesn't look weak in this one. And Killing Dane still gets the victory. So you know, my hats off. That, that was that was a really well done match. This was also a show that had. Two, um, well, actually three, if you want to look at it in this way, three returns to the NXT brand. You had Kushida coming back from injury. Yeah. He had a really good match with, uh, he had, no, he was supposed to fight Raul Mendoza. Okay. Then he fought the returning Cameron Grimes. Yeah, I, I, I want to quickly get onto this real, real quick because I was a little, I was a little bothered by this. Now this is, it wasn't just this match in particular. This happens multiple times in 
in wrestling, or at least in, in WWE, and there's been other all the wrestling companies that have done this, where a guy that is scheduled for a match comes on out, and he gets attacked, and the attacker becomes his opponent. I think that happened like four or five times already on NXT. I absolutely hate this. I hate it so much. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. It Why makes... not just have the guy who did the attack be his opponent? Or, like, is they, at least if you're going to do that, like, when WWE does that and they do it backstage earlier in the night, and then you get the authority figure, whoever that is, to say, okay, well, you're going to face this person, whatever, because. You know, this person is, they got injured, yeah. and they put the attacker in the in the match. Okay, but not when they're on the way to the ring. Yeah. There's no time for any authority figure. And I feel like when you do that, it's like, it kind of shows like, oh, the, the wrestlers just run the show? There's yeah. no authority here? Anybody can do anything? And see, that would be different if it was AEW because we don't have an on-air authority figure. But in NXT, we do. We've seen William Regal make matches. But another return I wanted to talk about was Cassius Ono. Coming back from NXT UK, yeah, that was his match cool. with Matt Riddle was pretty good. And Cassius Ono has always been one of my favorite wrestlers. So when NXT came on to USA, I was excited to see more of him. Yeah. But he's been in NXT UK. It's nice to see him back. Not to skip too much on this show, but this show really made Keith Lee look like a star. From interrupting the Undisputed Era, and I feel like he actually was strong on the mic this week against the Undisputed Era, and that he was one of the better. things that you said, don't put a mic in his hand. And then the whole main event, we had an amazing main event. Yeah, It was like, it was basically War Games without Bobby Fish, Kevin Owens, and without a damn cage. It was the Undisputed, yeah, Undisputed Era versus Ciampa, Lee, and Dijakovic. And Lee looked like money in this. Lee looked like Jerome Bettis, the bus. When he's running those ropes, man, and these, you know, clotheslines, these, you know, pounces, these cross Cross bodies, bodies. like, holy shit, he just looks like a big, strong bus just coming your way, man. And he's looking really strong, and I like like that they they have that little segment when Balor comes out to attack Ciampa, and he just sneaks up on him, like, they're pushing him, Talk about production. That camera work where you didn't see Lee and then he just came behind that him. That was phenomenal. And that's a big guy not to show on exactly. camera. So they did that perfectly. Exactly. And you have, you know, little Finn Balor and, and big, yeah. you know, Keith Lee and you managed to hide him and make that segment look like uh, like something you'd see from a from a horror movie or a thriller. Like the way he snuck up on him Definitely. was awesome, you know. So I I, I really got to applaud them. That was that was amazing. Yeah, this this all show is really good in my opinion. They Further the storyline between Ray Ripley and Shayna Baszler, that match is going to happen in two weeks. Yeah, I'm, I'm we, loving this buildup. Yeah. I, I like it. I we're, like it. We're seeing vignettes for uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott, someone that we've been singing the praises of. We're going to, yeah. he's going to have a more prominent role in NXT. It that, seems that's exactly what I felt. I was really happy to see that vignette, and I mean, we've been seeing him more frequently, but he is part of still like the the two old fibers, and and they get moved around. But it seems like once he had that vignette on NXT, it seems like they were willing to to let him showcase his abilities more on NXT than, say, on the main roster on 205, you know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I'm excited. I'm excited to see more of Isaiah Swerve Scott. In my opinion... I think he's phenomenal. Yeah, in my opinion, I feel like it's clear that NXT took this week. They had the better show by miles. Yeah. The ratings yeah. didn't show that this week. Surprisingly... Of all weeks, for AEW to get back on top and beat NXT in the ratings, it's baffling to me. And it was very close. They were practically even. There was maybe just a few thousand. And if you want the exact numbers, check us out on Instagram. We post it every Monday. No, we post it every Thursday. 
it was just Monday last week because of the whole holiday situation. Yeah, yeah, they yeah every Thursday we're posting the ratings and we talk about who's on top for that week. And we let you guys comment below who you think had the better show. And not necessarily who you think has the better show always wins in the ratings. Because no. it was clear this week, like I said, NXT had the better show and AEW wins it, in the ratings. It was baffling. Now, I don't know if I said this on the podcast. I definitely know I said this to you. That I didn't think that the the, the latest ratings for NXT were indicative of their product and being better than AEW. No, that's clear. I thought, I thought that um, because of the cross promoting and because of uh, the Survivor Series, that those numbers were inflated. But I, I, I felt that NXT was better, but not by that much. When they won, they won by a good amount. But I just felt like it was going to be a little bit more even. But the deal is, like, I thought NXT had such a better show, and they already were coming off momentum of winning the previous weeks. That I thought it was going to be a clear cut that they won this week. Yeah, so do I. I just feel like the the ratings are more a notion of who's watching who at the time. It's not who had the better show. That's where I, it's it's who you tune into first, basically. I suppose and, so. I suppose so. Yeah, I feel like NXT had the better show. One thing that was really nice to see is they didn't drop off too much. Usually we see a big drop from the other promo- well, the other company and then the other company went up. Yeah, where here yeah. they were both in the 800,000. Yeah. So if you think about it that way, I mean they both were they really both, really close. Yeah. It was very very close. NXT didn't only a few lose thousands. It's only a few thousands uh in between. I if I'm not mistaken, I think it was like 6, but um I, and I I think moving forward uh, you know, we sh- we spent so much time shitting on on AEW, and honestly, because they deserved it this week. But I think moving forward, the product is only going to be better. I think they, sh- like I said, they've already proven kind of who they are to a degree, and I-, I think they really have a lot to work with, and they have a lot to work on. But I think moving forward, their product is going to be better, and I think we're going to see more closer races in the viewership. But I was just a little surprised because I just didn't see that happening this week. Well, I guess we'll see what happens next week because the war continues. And now with this clear indication that AEW had a real crappy show, we'll see if people will still tune in next week. I feel like people are still going to tune into NXT next week because it was a great show. But there's only one way to find out and that's to actually see what happens. This is the Fight for Wednesday Night Podcast. See you next week. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. 
Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply.